I think we should be joined on the phone by our next guest, Dr. Genevieve McGuire. Jenny, can you hear us okay? I can indeed, Tom. Oh, How are you this morning? Not too bad at all. That's coming through loud and clear there anyway. So uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to us here on Saturday Chronicle on Scarf Bay Community Radio. And I suppose I'll start by saying I was just listening back to a little program that I'd recorded about this day last year. And... Uh, we, this time last year, we didn't have vaccines that were just beginning to come in. We were beginning to look up, and we would have thought that the two shots of vaccine would have been the be-all and the end-all, and that we'd be all living happily ever after. But thank Where you, are we, we are living happily ever after, Tom. <laughs> I know. Where are we in the first week of January 2022? So. Well, the cases are up, but the deaths are down. Yes. And, you know, I mean, that is proof that the vaccine is working. And, you know, if people are sort of kind of, I think maybe, you know, the ones are sort of everybody wanted the vaccine, everybody was saying, oh, my gosh, I got it and all that. I think people have gone off the boil a tiny bit on it now. But I think it's very, very important that everybody finishes out with the vaccine, gets the booster, because it really, really is protective against severe disease. Okay, so we're guessing that the micro Omicron is um, Omicron is um, a, a milder disease, but there are still people who are sick in hospital. With it, yeah. With it, yeah. yeah. And, and now these people that have had the vaccine. With, well, no, I just go there on that. Yeah. People who have the vaccine aren't in hospital, thankfully. Yes. The people who are in ICU, apparently, a lot of them have tested as Delta. You see, oh. one of our problems is that we still have Delta going around. And we have the new variant going yes, around. Now, yeah. the, the new variant is very, very contagious, very, very infectious, I should say, mm -hmm. because they reckon now that it's very much definitely droplet spread. In other words, it's people's uh, people um, expiring it, if you know what I mean, yes. into other people's breaths. Yeah, okay? yeah. Which is why we must still be very, very careful about our masks and very, very careful about our hand hygiene. Mm -hmm. You know, touching your mouth, and then touching something that somebody else touches yeah. will end up infecting somebody else if you are infective. Yeah. But the, the marvelous thing is that um, the vaccines have protected against severe disease. So the, the Omicron is a milder disease, but we still had very high circulating levels of Delta before we got this wave. Yeah. And it appears that the people who are not vaccinated, who get Delta, can still end up in ICU. Now, the proof of the pudding will be in this next week, okay? You've all probably been looking at the numbers, the 20,000, the 23, and the 24,000 all this week. And that is probably going to continue next week. But if the hospital numbers don't go up, yeah. we know that we're riding out the storm. It inevitably has to decrease. And hopefully there'll be well, a sharp decrease in that, will it? You know, the, the trouble with pandemics and novel viruses <sighs> that know. nobody actually knows, but know. if if past novel viruses are anything to go by, if you look back to the Spanish flu, apparently the Spanish flu uh, took three years to sort of um, uh, become an ordinary flu, if you know what I mean, become uh, an easier to manage kind of a thing. And okay? that was without any vaccines or anything in those days? Without vaccines yeah. and without mass information the way yeah. we have now. Yeah. Okay, but they also didn't have mass travel. Sure, yeah. You know, I mean, it, it, Omicron was in Ireland before we knew its name. Yes, it had to be. Had Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, it, like, I mean, it has to bend to have got to the levels it's got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, I mean, now they're saying it's 90, 92 percent 
of the uh, infections that are happening are Omicron and the rest are still Delta. Good morning, Jenny. Uh, Patricia Ann here. Um, just, Hi, good morning, Patricia. Is it the case then, I'm kind of thinking that you've got several different diseases, in fact, going on at the same time. You're saying we've got Delta, we've got Omicron. Have we still got a bit well, of the original all, COVID-19? It's all coronavirus, okay? Uh-huh. It's all coronavirus. Ah, right, but okay. the nature of the coronavirus is that it changes. It's a non-stable virus. Sure, yeah. So what happens then is that certain it's like survival of the fittest um, uh, yeah you know the ones that are good at spreading themselves about spread <laughs> themselves about very quickly and a lot of people get it but then of course because a lot of people get it every time the vi- the virus replicates there's a chance of a genetic variation happening in it i see yeah uh, mm-hmm. so the more people that have it the more likely you are to get a new variant uh, developing. So if you, I don't know if you know the Greek alphabet, but Omicron is way down. Delta is way back up at D, you know. And there were a whole lot of other iterations of the virus uh, causing kind of um, uh, mini epidemics around the world. There was an Epsilon version, like they went all the way through down to Omicron. So, and we never really got those. We got Delta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, and Delta does seem to cause pretty severe disease in people. The Omicron is a a milder version, but it's the same. Okay, so if you think of viruses as little strands of DNA. Yes. um, If you just get a tiny variation on that, it changes how your body will react to it. You know, your your, um, immune reaction to it will either be a, a strong, it's like having a spanner that doesn't fit, Trish. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, your your uh, antibodies to the virus is like a little spanner that has to open a knot. Now, if you have the right size spanner, it's easy to open the knot. But if you have the wrong size spanner, it'll take you all day and you'll be putting little wedges of wood <laughs> and all kinds of things mm-hmm. trying to fix, trying to get the, the knot out, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's that image is that's the image of antigen and antibody. So the antibodies that we're building up are effective generally against coronavirus, but maybe not completely effective against particular types of the variations that develop. Well, you know the way at the moment uh, the message seems to be coming out that Omicron is actually uh, easier on us in the sense that, as you're saying yourself, it's not causing a severe illness, it seems at the moment. Is that making people a bit apathetic? People people have had it and are saying that um, that it gives the common cold a bad name because it's so mild. Okay? Yes. Yeah. But do you know which one you're going to catch? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, there's still so much. Like before the 20,000s of, of um, Omicron were going on, we were still getting a few hundreds a day yeah. and even more of Delta going around. So we're kind of, the, our particular... Um, uh, population it was just slightly unlucky in that our delta wave wasn't over when this one hit us. Ah, so we're, we're getting so there's double, still delta going around. A double whammy for us, really. So what I'm uh, wondering is if that idea that's about that the media, particularly, are saying that Omicron is you know, a little I'm bit not easier. Hearing you frightfully well. I wonder. Okay, if, uh, I'm going to move closer. Of, yeah, please. Sorry, now is. Is the Omicron, yep. is the fact that people are 
suffering less, let's say, severe illness with Omicron, is it making people a bit more apathetic about getting their booster or getting vaccinated even, do you yes, think? Yes, absolutely. The, you know, the, the, the fire in the belly about getting, getting the, the boosters mm-hmm. is kind of, has waned a little bit. Oh, nice. And certainly people who are vaccine sceptic who yes. want any excuse to avoid getting a jab uh, and I'm thinking some of my own sons here. Um, <laughs> they're saying, why would you bother, you know? And I think it's important that, that they do get it because the trouble is you actually don't know, number one, which disease you're going to get. And number two, uh, we don't know what the next variant might be. Now, the hope is that the this variant is going to infect so many people and give so many people immunity to this version, that the next version that comes along won't take hold in the community the way it has. It won't stand a chance there'll be so much immunity there, herd immunity. (laughs) There'll be herd immunity, exactly. But the problem with the coronavirus is, the problem with coronavirus is, they don't, they keep changing. Yes. They're very plastic. Jenny, um, what would you say to somebody now who would describe themselves as a an anti-vaxxer and say, "No, I'm not taking that." And there's this, that, and the other. What's and well, I, I know the re, that number of people in the community are reducing. It's the, it was a time when there was maybe ten percent, but I expect it might be as low as maybe five percent now. But there's still yeah, that well, one you know, twenty it, people out there. How? What would you say to convince them now to go and get their jabs? Well, I, I think the important thing is to find out why yes. they're anti-vax. Okay, because people like it's like, you know, being again the government, everybody, everybody can be a little bit again the government, but the the actual reason that they're again the government will vary from person to person. Yes, yes. Okay, now with, with uh, some of my offspring, <laughs> they don't like needles. That's, I was actually going to say that there's an awful lot of people out there that just dread the thoughts of going to a dentist or getting a jab. Yeah, of and I think it would be lovely for them to see how tiny the needles are. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're actually the size of about three human hairs or something now. They're absolutely <laughs> minuscule. And I, I say to, to my son, I say, um, but you've already had two. Oh, yeah, mum, but. And I say, but you didn't feel them. <laughs> 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 no. And then you've got other people who think that they're putting microchips into you and all kinds of crazy <laughs> things. Oh, yes. and, you know, I mean, and then you've got the sports people. I mean, actually, some of the sports people, they actually have this self-belief about their self-fitness that they believe that they can fight anything. Yes. Okay? But the trouble is that that's not actually true either. Super fit people can often be slightly immunocompromised because they have they live in a slightly rarefied atmosphere where they're not actually picking up the ordinary bugs of every day and their immune systems can be a little bit, you know, lethargic maybe. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I think the thing is that Everybody has their own reason for being, I won't say anti-vax, I think either vac- vaccine skeptic yeah. or vaccine avoidant, yeah. okay? Yeah. And like there are hundreds of reasons for it. And I think to do is to find out what the person's specific reason is and just see if you can uh, move their uh, level of uh, apprehension or disbelief or whatever just a little bit towards logic and sort of uh, doing something for the better good or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I can't believe that that uh, tennis player's name is actually Novak. I mean, Novak, Novaks. But <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually think that, now, apparently, he's saying today that apparently he had, had the infection four weeks ago. Yes. Right? Now, I'm just wondering, why didn't he say that 
uh, when he arrived at the border. He's been very evasive about his vaccination status. Well, no, he's actually uh, anti-vax, Tom. Apparently, he's militantly anti-vax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, if you, I don't know, I mean, I, I'm only going on what I read in that, sure, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, to be the anti-vax, to wend your way into Australia and then sort of pop up that, oh, well, actually, I had it four weeks ago. Yeah, well. I know, I know. But there, there are hundreds of reasons for being uh, vaccine sceptical, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, um, as I say, I, there's no one thing you say to them. You don't say anything to people who are anti-vax. I think you listen. I suppose, yeah, I know if uh, I've uh, said, feel that I have to bite my tongue at times, kind of, you know, with some of these people. You know, <laughs> that I'd be yeah. tempted but, to I challenge mean, the science say, arguments, yeah. Yeah, you can always just say, but, but why? Yeah. And let them talk, you know? Yeah. And you say, yeah, none of that adds up, you know? <laughs> because generally it doesn't, you know? It's sort of half belief and half uh, things that they heard somewhere that's completely erroneous that they're holding as a scientific belief. I mean, yeah, like it's yeah, not, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. talking about I mean, the science of this is evident oh, in the fact that we're all still alive, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we had been dying in the numbers that people were dying in at the beginning, yes. you know, I mean, the images from Italy were so shocking and the images from New York were, were shocking at the yes, beginning as well. Yes. You know, and like now it's, it's containable, you know. It's, it's manageable, you know, and I suppose there's yeah. some of those poor people that are in hospital probably have other underlying causes as well that leave them. Oh, they have, of course. Things, you know? yeah. yeah. But yeah. Is, it, is it manageable <laughs> because people are, you know, to some degree at least self-restricting about, you know, like older people, for example, are quite anxious about going out um, even to meet each other and people are avoiding situations where they're going to be gathering in numbers and people are avoiding places where they're not being asked for COVID certs, you know, that kind of thing. Cutting down on your contacts definitely works Mm -hmm. in terms of all viral infection. Yes, yeah. Yeah. I, I, but it does come at human cost and it does come at the cost of people, you know, slipping into an under-stimulated uh, state where they're not meeting their friends. And I think everybody feels a little bit sort of almost shy and hesitant coming out of their, their isolation. Yeah. You kind of feel, oh my goodness, what used we talk about? Yes. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, could we please talk about something other than the pandemic? Oh, it's usually yes. the way I start with the conversation, then end up talking about the pandemic for most of the time. It's ter- yeah, yeah. terribly boring and depressing. And you, know, you know, you're talking about under-stimulation, I suppose, maybe even people's minds, but their immune system is under-stimulated as well. And even a common cause that would normally just... Uh, pass over in a day or so uh, if you haven't been exposed to it for a couple of years and get it now it's going to have a little bit more severe effect on you isn't it too? Yes it is of course Tom yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And are there lots more viruses out there besides that COVID one? No well, it was very interesting in the first lockdown yeah. you know we were saying good heavens what about the kids and the kids with colds and the kids with sore throats yeah. the kids weren't sick because they weren't meeting each other Yes. So there was no circulating virus going around. Yeah. Whereas last September, when the kids went back to school, they started getting everything again. And we had a big round of kids with that horrible hacking cough. You know, the respiratory syncytiovirus, I I think it it causes that one. And we call it the 100-day cough. You know the kid who's coughing in the corner and you're kind of going, what is wrong with that (laughs) child? (laughs) But that was going around. The sore throats were back. The runny ears were back. I mean, it was just amazing to see. And the snotty noses as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were passing it around again, you know. Yeah. And, of course, the big worry was, was it the virus? And, yeah. of course, we were testing them. And sometimes it was, mo- mostly it wasn't. Uh, and just going back something to else. family, one of our lads, uh, Brian, uh, Texas yesterday morning, is in London. It was had a positive antigen test yesterday, and he's absolutely no symptoms. Oh. You know, so, yeah. yeah. And will he go for a PCR now? Tom? He will. If yeah, I think they're easier to get in London than they are here. He was going for one. Yeah. Know? Yeah, but he because of his the nature of his work, he was getting a, having an antigen test every morning before he go to work. You know? yeah. yeah, but that's good because then he, that'll keep him out and yes. stop him maybe infecting someone who might be more um, susceptible to it. Yeah, and I suppose the fact that he's asymptomatic yeah. means that he won't have that virus load and he shouldn't be shedding as much as uh, yeah. others. Yeah, yeah. you would imagine that, but uh, uh, the antigen um, test, it, it, you know, he could still be PCR negative. Sure, yeah, I know that's, okay. yeah, that's, uh, that's you know, that percentage. I, I'm, yeah. The false negative um, negatives are quite high. With it's one in five, you know. But yeah, it's the cheapest screening test that sorry. we have, I suppose. Really, is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it was interesting the way our government kept well away from those and our public health people yeah. at the beginning, and now they're pushing them. But that's because there's so much disease in the community that the antigen test, uh, the false negative rate, is less. Um, uh, less harmful than the false positive rate, yeah, if you know what I mean. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's all statistics, and don't ask me to explain it because I get ho- caught up in it <laughs> and I say the wrong words anyway. <laughs> Jenny, masks, the type of masks we wear, and I'll tell you my pet the, the, the cos- what I call the cosmetic masks or the designer masks. Yeah. <laughs> you advise people to wear well, them? Well, the, the 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 latest one we got uh, an email on on the um, on Christmas Eve to say that we should be the, in the you know the what I call the duck beak ones the FP three yes, yeah, mm-hmm, yes. right so um, and suddenly like we had them in the press because they're horrible to wear um, and they're they really you know they're very tight on your face yeah. and when you're in them for the day you're and you and you can't answer the phone through them. I know. You know, mm-hmm. so you're taking them off and you're putting them on and it's a real pain. But um, th- what they say is that any mask is better than no mask. Yes. If you're using a homemade mask, <clears throat> the best thing to have is a three-layer mask. Um, in other words, at least two pieces of material and per- perhaps a piece of tissue through it as well. So if you're going for a homemade mask, you're better to wear it with uh, some kind of a, a tissue paper lining as well. But like, I mean, as I say, any mask is better than no mask. Exactly, yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you'll be hopeful that come this week, next year, that we'll have a different view on this COVID. We'd be talking about a lot less. Oh, right? Tom, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that will be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping it'll be all right by the end of March. <laughs> you know, yeah. and I know, I know that's being overly optimistic. Yes. But I mean, if you take it that that they sort it out, well, that they, 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 if the if the Spanish flu, where they had nothing to treat yes. it with, yeah. um, was gone in. Um, in three years. I mean, we're okay, so it's really only two years, I suppose, that we've had it, right? But I mean, also, the other thing that's coming on board is the antiviral medications, such as what that's going to make a big difference sure, as well, sure, I think. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, uh, certainly, Tom, we'll go for this time next year, definitely. <laughs> we'll have a meaningful <laughs> Christmas next year. How yeah. about that? We'd have a decent party someplace, <laughs> wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
yes, that's the hope, and okay. that, that's what we all keep saying. I know, we have I a great know. party at the end of this. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Yeah. Jenny, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us here. Not at all, Tom. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you both now. Yeah, okay. And to all the listeners. Indeed. Bye, Take care, indeed. Take care. Yeah, happy New Year. Bye, Jenny. Bye.